like sand in the hourglass. These are the days of our lives. That's just a leaky faucet. Oh. Pretty good beat for, for a leaky <laughs> faucet. Break it down. <laughs> Multi, well, multi-drips. welcome to Manfully Alive Podcast. This is the 21st Sunday of Ordinary Time, and it is August the 26th in the year 2018. I am Mike with a mic, and next to me is your host, Deacon Nick. If you've never tuned in to Manfully Alive Podcast, Manfully Alive comes from the well-known quote from St. Irenaeus that says, The glory of God is man fully alive. Well, if you've never experienced a man fully alive, that's what we are calling all you men out there to be by uniting ourselves with the word of the Lord. So in Manfully Alive podcast, we must unite ourselves with the only man who's ever been fully alive. And who is that, Nicholas? Jesus, indeed. Well, not just that. It's kind of like, how do you unite yourself with your friends? Well, you've got to talk. Yeah. <laughs> you've got to get to know. Got to hang out. Got to take them out for beers. Got to just, frankly, associate yourself. Be, be near them, spend time with them, and just be around them. And so that's what we try to do here at Manfully Live, is get to know the Lord through the Gospels he left us by talking with him and allowing him to talk with us. So let's dive right in. You want to kick us off in a prayer? Yeah, let's do that. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the great readings that you've been giving us over the last couple of weeks about your body and blood and help us lord to, to fall ever more deeply in love with you in love with the truth of your sacrament that is your very self help us to love you not for what you do but for who you are that we may glorify you by living fully who you call us to be we ask this through christ our lord amen, amen. father son holy spirit amen, amen. So, uh, how'd you do on the challenge this week? Let's see. What was oh, it? Oh, gosh. The last challenge was to seek friendship with those more disciplined in the faith. And I think I went more about seeking friendship in the places where I find myself currently. So, I'm at an impasse. I, I belong to a, uh, a local club called uh, Toastmasters. Yeah. And, you know, I'm on the fence because I've, I've kind of felt like I've plateaued a little bit in my speaking performance as of late. So I've been running through my mind, what, what would be a drive or a draw that would allow me to stay with this club? And so a lot of times those are selfish reasons, you know, of saying, you know, is this, is this club still self-serving for me? But what I realize is this is something that, you know, this is one area of my life that has no previous knowledge of me. Right, they've only known me via the merit of my speaking, yeah. and they have poured out enormous, enormous amounts of love. Uh, just, just you know that when it, when I'm not there, I'm missed, and I get reached out to, and when I am there, uh, it's always something good to take away from, and it's always something that I can reflect on, especially whether I have any big role of actually speaking or or something else. So I've kind of evaluated those friendships that I've, that I maybe take for granted. Yeah. And, and I wondered, am I developing the faith within those relationships through the topics I speak about? Cause I'm, I'm one of the few people that speak about 
the two favorite topics of religion and politics. Oh yes. <laughs> and it's a it's a it's a topic most people shy away from. So they've always been so grateful for me going down down that route. So what about you? Um I I sort of am always in a journey towards this. Uh, there's quite a few people in the diocese that I consider to be very well disciplined in the faith, not only in terms of their uh, knowledge and pursuit of understanding, but the, the pursuit of prayer and relationship with Christ, those who I believe have profound prayer lives. Uh, there's a friend in particular who, because I'm so impressed with the way in, he, in which he approaches the Lord, uh, the beautiful faith that he shows forth, um, I've asked him to be my spiritual director. So uh, I'm actually waiting to see what he what he has to say about that. So uh, certainly trying to be closer and, and form a more a deeper relationship with him. So yeah, a robust yes friendship. Yeah, it's hard to unite holiness into a friendship when the friendship's already been there if holiness wasn't a part of it. But oftentimes when you find those friendships that are rooted based out of holiness, those can often be some of the best and most fruitful oh, relationships absolutely. you've ever had, you know? Absolutely. So I think it was a solid challenge from last week, but that's, that's an ongoing one, especially when you encounter people that are, that are further along in the faith journey than you are, you know, it can be intimidating to approach somebody and say, can, can we, can we get a beer sometime, man? You know, or, uh, especially when they're of the same sex, you know, it sometimes is easier to spend time with just your family or your immediate circle and just keep things every, in every way platonic and placid and never delve into the depths of, of faith or politics or religion or any of that stuff. But I don't think that's the type of friendship nor relationship that Christ calls us to. Right. Yeah. He challenges us to, to make the best of our relationships and to seek the Lord together. It, he exemplifies it too, though, through his relationship with the gospel or the, the gospel with the apostles. Right. And those disciples, they, I mean, he's calling them out. Some of you do not believe, right, in this, in this coming gospel that we're going to talk about. So why don't I just get right into that? Yeah, let's do it. Do it, do it. Do you want to do the intro, intro uh, part? Because you're sure. deacon, you rock that? All right. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Glory to you, O Lord. Many of Jesus' disciples who were listening said, This saying is hard. Who can accept it? Since Jesus knew that his disciples were murmuring about this, he said to them, Does this shock you? What if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit that gives life, while the flesh is of no avail. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and life, but there are some of you who do not believe. Jesus knew from the beginning the ones that the ones who would not believe, and the one who would betray him. And he said, For this reason I have told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by, by my Father. As a result of this, many of his disciples returned to their former way of life and no longer accompanied him. Jesus then said to the twelve, Do you also want to leave? Simon Peter answered him, Master, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and are convinced that you are the Holy One of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. 
Hard sayings. Hard sayings. This saying is hard. Yes. <laughs> yes. It is hard. I mean, we've heard for the last three weeks Jesus proclaiming that we must eat his body and drink his blood if we are, are to have life within us. And we come sort of to the culmination of this story. All of the apostles are there. All these disciples have been listening to Jesus ex- uh, explain to them that they must eat his, his flesh and drink his blood. And they are not so much awestruck as more like dumbfounded. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? How can this, how can you be for real here? You, you are so adamant. You are so crystal clear and yet unbelievable. Um, and so they say, this is a hard saying. As far as they can tell, Jesus is talking about cannibalism and they can't wrap their minds around it. I mean, eat your flesh right now to tear you to bits? I mean, it's, it's grotesque in the way that they're thinking about it. But they don't understand it in its fullness. No. And, and that's okay. You know, these are the people that traveled with him for three years of their life, right? I mean, if we're, if we're giving a perfect tithe, then we're giving the Lord two and a half hours of every day. And that's a, that's a hard amount to give, but try giving three years of your life when many of these were married and just up, yeah, followed Jesus because the teacher had called. And this is, you know, in, in some of their minds at the beginning of this, this is just a prophet. Yeah. But then Peter sums it up quite nicely at the end of this and says, Master, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and are convinced that you are the Holy One of God. So once you understand that this is the source of all truth, then there's no other path you can go down. But you and I, we're not at that perfect level of belief yet. Nor are the vast majority of the people that are out there, especially those even in the church. It's okay. It's okay to admit that people have doubts. But it's how does that culminate within, within the over other areas of your life? Yeah, perfection in faith is something that we are always journeying towards. Um, but coming to believe Jesus Christ at his word um, is something we can strive for now, today. And, and I think it's important for us to, to recognize not only what Jesus is saying here, but I think what can be very enlightening is one of the things that Jesus is not saying. And what he does not say is he doesn't say, no, no, wait, guys, sorry, no, come back. I, you didn't understand. I'm, I'm speaking in, you know, hyperbole. This is all parable. You, you, you don't understand. I don't actually mean you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. No, no, no. This is, this is just, you know, spiritual stuff, which, which is similar to something that he does say. What he, what he does say, he says, um, I am speaking to you of spirit and life, that the spirit is what is important and the flesh is of no avail. Uh, and that can be confusing because it doesn't discount everything that he's just said. No. Rather, no. what it does is he says, look, you need the spirit. You need faith in order to understand this because your flesh, your human understanding is incapable of full understanding without the aid of the spirit, without the aid of faith. <clears throat> and yet what I am telling you is absolutely the truth. You must eat my flesh and drink my blood if you are to have life within you. 
And if you don't, if you don't want to believe, if you don't want to follow, then go. How amazing for the God of the universe who came down from heaven to save the world, allowed his disciples to walk away and did not force his teaching upon them, invited them to it. And when they rejected it, he allows them to walk away because he's not going to change the teaching. The teaching is the truth no matter what. Yeah. And I mean, he even says this, does this shock you? What if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? I mean, he's, he's like, d d what, do you need some, some literal sign for this to be truth? I'm not going to change what the teaching is because the teaching is truth. And again, you know, Son of Man, <clears throat> these, these Jews would have been accustomed to hearing Son of Man referring to as a prophet. But Jesus means it all together differently. He is the Son of Man. He is the Son of God. And where did he come from? Well, he came from the Father. And if yeah. they were to see that, they would believe. And what's ironic is when he dies, we do, in a sense, see that. The resurrection has effects throughout the entire world. But they've already walked away just at the teaching of the Eucharist. Well, and, and I think that's even a bigger piece. If you dive into the disciples who stay, see it yes, in a physical format, not... In a spiritual format, they see it with their literal eyes. Thomas, put your hand here, right? Yes. So the, the, the disciples who stay, who are able to just, you know, pardon the pun, but gnaw on this teaching long enough, see the fruits of just proceeding in faith. And I think that's, that's a call for a lot of us that when we have doubt, it's important for us to continue to proceed in faith. Now, the, the next part that he jumps into, and this is just a big piece that, that I think I just want to touch on, sure. is it is the spirit that gives life while the flesh is of no avail. Oftentimes, we put the flesh above all things as men. Yeah. I mean... Gotta we, sleep, gotta eat. Well, we, we are driven very much by the desires of our heart and the desires of our body, right? Yes. And sometimes the desires of our loins right within our relationship and so it's it's one of those things where the flesh in this instance he is saying is of no avail and that the teachings of the spirit are the things that are life-giving so it's 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 hard to notice the source of a, of a of a driving force does that make sense like i'll give you an example sure driving force hunger Okay. Flesh or spirit? Flesh. Driving force. Loneliness. Flesh or spirit? Spirit. Okay. Driving force. Lust. Flesh or spirit? Probably both, but mostly flesh. Yeah. Driving force. Uh, intimacy. Ah. Definitely spirit. Yeah. Uh, driving force. Uh, tired sleepiness physical flesh yeah. i see what you mean but we have all these forces that are truly calling out to us at all hours of the day especially if you have kids that sleepiness one gets it's <laughs> the better of you in a lot of situations but the driving forces of our lives um especially with understanding which ones are the spiritual ones and which are the flesh because the spirit ones gnaw at us much longer than the ones of the flesh do Right. The flesh, yeah. 
the, the pains of the flesh are passing, right? When you're hungry, you eventually eat and you're satisfied for a time. But when you're lonely, you have to pursue that which can fill that void, which is the Lord and which is true friendship and which is relationship. And these are not physical things you put in your body, right? This is not to be consumed or to be rested or to be any of those things. It's communion, right? Right. It's, it's dwelling within other members of the body of Christ. So understanding that Christ, and, and I know I'm kind of taking this a little bit out of context, but I always think Christ gives us these little nuggets, you know, um, these, these nougaty centers within these statements. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and life, right? He wants this teaching for us so that we can have spirit and we can have life. And that, when it comes to life fully within us, we become these men fully alive. Thus, the call that I think a lot of us are out there hoping for is if I unite myself more fully with the Lord, more fully with my spouse, more fully with my children, more fully with my community, even more fully with my job and with my work, life comes from that. And the more wholly I unite myself with flesh, the more I am to no avail. That's so true. <clears throat> you draw a great point out that the things of the flesh are um, of a higher order. I'm sorry, the things of the spirit are of a higher order than those of the flesh. Yeah. Um, what I love that Jesus does with this, though, is how he flips it on his head, because the very thing that he's trying to give us is his flesh. And so if you think about it, <clears throat> if Jesus is the ultimate example of man fully alive, therefore glorifying the Father, yeah. it makes sense then that he is so perfectly in line spiritually that it makes his flesh a spiritual gift and a food for the journey yes and 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 the source of life for all of us and so uh i think i think one is in pursuit of the other we pursue the spiritual goods of faith of uh grace of sacrament especially of the eucharist in order that not only will we be built up in our spiritual senses, but we will be built up in our physical as well. Because in the end of the day, even though so much of what we experience in our life is a weakened, fallen flesh, and it is due to sin, we want that to be redeemed because in the end, our flesh is good because it is what our spirit uses in order to um, reveal itself, right? I mean, yeah. how do I show love to my wife? Well, with hugs and kisses, right? Um, how do I with time <clears throat> with with service with all those all things, those things right? that I use my body to show forth right and so uh, hopefully it is the spirit that is the driving force behind my flesh in the end yeah because my flesh without the spirit comes to no avail yeah mm. I don't know I just I, I that, that kind of spoke out to me and I just needed to share it but absolutely it's such a good point the uh, one of the things you, you had gone into, and I just don't know if we can talk just a, a little bit more in detail. Sure. That cannibalism point. Yeah. I mean, think about this. For the people that didn't understand Jesus's both literal moments and his parable moments, mm -hmm. his parable moments were so clearly metaphor, yeah. right? Or not metaphor, analogy mm -hmm. of 
they were like sheep without a shepherd, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he uses that one frequently. And and that in this situation, there is no analogy. There is no metaphor. And many of those that were following him that didn't, you know, were, were just saying, you, you just multiplied the loaves. Just do that again. You know, I'm <laughs> right. waiting for another miracle, Lord. Um, do more magic, man. And I think oftentimes I, I get into that saying of like, do more for me, Lord, just, just give me more. Mm. And then once I have more, then I'll, then I'll have time for you. But Christ is asking us to give him what we have, not when it's perfected, not when it's ready to be given, but as it is. Yeah. It's like when you put your house on the market and it says, as is, (laughs) it's kind of like Christ is asking for the whole of ourselves in that same as is portion. So you know, the fact is, is his 12, his 12 disciples, right? He, then he said to the 12, do you also want to leave? And they're saying, Lord, we don't understand this, this whole, we must eat your flesh. We don't, you know, they're, they're, they're very forward with that. And Peter says it well, master, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We don't always understand them. You know, there's a, there's a big clause in there of, I don't always get it, but we have come to believe and are convinced that you are the Holy one of God. And that's the type of faith that we're called to. Yeah. Even when Christ throws difficult teachings to understand, like you must eat my flesh and drink my blood in a literal sense, because this is the food that will sustain you. I am the Passover lamb. I'm not like the Passover lamb. I am the Passover lamb. Right. And I think the difference between the disciples who left and the apostles who stayed is not that they understood, but that they trusted. Lord, I don't get it, but I know you. And you I trust. You I will follow. Because otherwise, what is, what is the alternative? The only alternative they have is to return to their former way of life. And which I many of them did, you know, which, lot, which yeah. many of those, those, those followers did. That's but right. For the 12. I think this is precisely what this gospel is asking of us. What do we choose? What are we going to do? Do we believe in the Eucharist? Are we going to avail ourselves of the sacrament? Are we going to let it actually have an effect on our lives? Or are we going to return to the former way of life? You know, I think, I think this actually is probably a good challenge for us. Um, can we allow the reality of the Eucharist to take full effect in our lives? Can we say, wow, if this is actually the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ, what do I do with that? How is that supposed to affect the way that I live in the way that I'm supposed to make decisions? in the way that I lead my family, in the amount of priority I put on prayer. If this is true, then isn't it really a game changer? Isn't it really something that is going to have to affect the entirety of our lives? This is, this is major leagues right here, right? This, yeah. is, this, is, this is the top tier of the gospel right here. But this is even, this is the turning point for saints, yeah. right? This is where humans either return to purely flesh-based humanity or the this is the point at which 
you start your saintly journey of when you either pursue in faith where my senses have failed me. You know, I, it tastes like bread, Lord, but I know this is your body. This tastes like wine, Lord, but I know this is your blood. Right. My senses have failed me, but I believe and I trust and I am still pursuing you. Which is incredibly difficult, incredibly difficult. But if it was easy, it wouldn't be worth doing. The same way parenting is difficult and worth doing. The same way marriage is difficult and worth doing. The same way friendship is difficult and worth doing. The same way every worthwhile part of life is worth doing. And the greatest success stories, if they had it easy, there was no success to be had. Right, right. I mean, that's why the faith so often, there's, there's so many analogies about climbing the mountain of the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an uphill battle. And, and I, think, I think the comfort that we can take is that when we start on that journey, when we start to um, experience the grace and live out of that spiritual life and that relationship with the Lord, it isn't any easier. Life is still hard. You still watch the same evening news and get the same terrible news. But our yoke, you know, the scripture talks about yoke. We are yoked to Christ whenever we have a relationship with him. Our yoke, our, our, the carrying of the burdens of life become less burdensome because we have Christ there carrying them with us, mm-hmm. guiding us through them, experiencing our trouble, healing our wounds, bringing us towards peace and joy and eventually um, being able to go out and tell others about the good news and share the gospel. Yeah. I mean, that's really the purpose of the church, which is why you and I are on the radio now, right? <laughs> so, so I guess the challenge said simply then is... I would say, I think we need to allow the Eucharist to have full effect in our lives. And that will be a little bit different for each person. But I think it's worthwhile to sit in front of the Eucharist, whether it's at Mass, whether it's another time separately, and ask the Lord, Lord, if you were truly Jesus' Eucharistic presence as body, blood, soul, and divinity, what does that mean for my life? And allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart and to guide you into the truth of this reality, of this sacrament. Because I think the what it most certainly will do is it will spur you... Uh, to take up the challenge that is deepest in your heart. You will want to do that thing that the Holy Spirit has been calling you to do for some time in and through the power of the Eucharist. And that is a perfect uniting force with the will of God for your life, thus allowing you and I and us to become these men fully alive, which is what this, this entire podcast is about. So uh, let's, let's close in prayer. In the, uh, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Most, most amazing Jesus. We are on the road with you, and we are walking. And our feet are hurt, and our backs are sore, and we are carrying the crosses from every part of life and many of those that we see near us are stumbling and falling. And yet we continue to pursue. And we just ask, Lord, that over this next week, that we can offer ourselves 
and the imperfect faith that we have. And that with that imperfect faith, you, Lord, can do amazing things for us. We ask that you permeate our will so much so that your will becomes ours and that our will dies and your will lives. Let us unite ourselves with the Spirit and put to death the flesh. And we ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you guys for tuning in for Manfully Live Podcast. My name is Mike with a mic. And I'm Deacon Nick. Have a great week, guys. Thanks.